The title of my message this morning is The Lord Who Perfects That Which Concerns You. And I'm using a number of verses as our main text, uh, Psalms 138, which I'd love to read in different translations. In the New King James Version, it reads, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. And your right hand will save me. Verse 8, which is our main text. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. This is a very powerful text because you can tell from reading verse 7 that when David said these words, he was in some form of trouble. The New Living Translation even puts it in a better way. It says, though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. So you can see David was in some form of trouble, in some form of problem. Then it continues to say, you reach out your hand and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plan for my life. Hallelujah. God will work out his plan for your life. Or as it says in the New King James Version, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth you. The Message Bible reads, when I walk into the thick of trouble, keep me alive in the angry turmoil. With one hand, strike my foes. With the other hand, save me. Then our main verse, finish what you started in me, God. Finish what you started in me. This is a very interesting passage of scripture. Let me read the last translation, which is the complete Jewish Bible. It reads as follows. You keep me alive when surrounded by danger. You put out your hand when my enemies rage. Adonai will fulfill his purpose for me. Your grace, Adonai, continues forever. So you can see, as I said, David was in some form of trouble. I want to read some commentary for you from Kale and Delich, who comment on this verse, verse 8 and verse 9, just to give you this context. And I'm quoting. Out of these experiences, which are so important to all mankind, even to David, who was at this time exalted by passing through humiliation, then arise out of that challenge a confident hope concerning the future. The beginning of David's troubles is what he talks about in Psalms 23 verse 4, when he says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. When he's talking about this now, all that comes to mind. Though his way may lead through the valley of the shadow of death, or it may lead through the heart-oppressing trouble. We can hear David said, Jehovah will lose the bands of death, and he will quicken me afresh. David is declaring, though my enemies are raging, Jehovah will stretch forth his hand, and he will quell all the wrath 
and bring tranquil in my life and his right hand will save me. So you can see that when he is talking this, this way, in verse 8 he says, the Lord will perfect that which concerned me. It gives the understanding that what God has begun in my life, though it may be intercepted by unforeseen trouble, it may be intercepted by a change in circumstances, when God starts something in my life, he will see to it that he carries it out. In other words, he's saying, I pledge that Jehovah will help me through his everlasting mercy. And Jehovah will not rest in my life until his promise has been perfected, until his truth and reality has become a reality in my life. Therefore, I will not leave, and Jehovah will not leave. Jehovah will not forsake me. His hand will always be upon me. This means this. David is saying, in everything that I have come to so far, even in this time of challenge, I see this God who has brought me and delivered me even from the hands of Saul himself. And God has bestowed his promise upon me and God will not let one of his works stand still. In other words, of everything that God has promised me, he will make sure that he fulfills what he has promised. End of quote. Let me explain that to you. Whatever plan or vision God has placed in your life, God is committed to ensure that that vision comes to pass. In other words, God never abandons any project that he plans. See, right now our lives have been rudely interrupted by this COVID-19. And of course, many of us had plans. We, we were thinking, I'm going to do this next week, I'm going to do this next month, I'm going to go there, I'm going to do this and that. But our plans were rudely interrupted. And somehow when plans are interrupted, we may feel like what God had said he will do in our lives will not happen. But God never abandons what he says in our life. God therefore doesn't want us to give up and abandon our dreams and our vision simply because our lives have been interrupted by unforeseen circumstances. See, what affects us concerning the fulfillment of our vision in our lives is when we fail to leverage the time and the opportunity that God has given us at our disposal. See, before this rude interruption of COVID-19, all of us had time on our hands. We had time, we had privilege, we had opportunity. And unfortunately, most of the times, when we have time, when we have opportunity, and when we have privilege, oftentimes people do not do what they should do when time allows them. And then we come into times like this where all of a sudden something comes upon your life and my life and rudely interrupts everything. So when we fail to use our time wisely, when we have it, instead of spending that time in advancing God's vision in our lives, we end up wasting it. When we read Psalms chapter 90 verse 12, we note that the Bible is very clear about us learning to use the days of our lives in a proper way. David says in Psalms 90 verse 12, So teach us, O God, to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. 
I love it in the Living Translation. It says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. This psalm is telling us that every day we have counts. Every moment we have counts. And every moment and every day that we have and every opportunity that we have, we must learn to use it wisely. See, too many people think that life is made up of the big occasion. You know, people think that life is shaped by the big occasion, that one day I will get my big break. You know, one day I will get my, my, my break. One day, Lina, get balaki. But what people don't understand is that big achievements in life are determined by how you handle the time that you have on a daily basis. See, big things are shaped by how we handle each day, how we handle each moment, how we handle each opportunity. If you meet people who have achieved in life, you will know that they have a certain discipline about them where on a daily basis there are things that they do that move their life forward. Even now during this lockdown, you and I, we have the choice of how we are going to use our time. I was listening to one of the sports therapists during the week, and this sports therapist was actually advising active sports people to use this time of lockdown to do specific exercises that will speed up the healing process for those of them who have been injured. You know, when you have an injury and you have to go back and compete, that injury doesn't fully heal because, you know, you just have to go back and compete at your best. And he was saying, no, now that we are under lockdown, you know, there's no competitive spot. People don't have to go and compete in any way. Why don't you use this time to exercise and put a program together where you can get some healing? At least people who have injuries at, at the moment, you have no pressure on yourself. And all sporting activities, because they are on lockdown, you can get healed. So instead of sleeping the whole day, you can use this period to heal and get stronger. But you know, our biggest problem in life and our biggest challenge is our failure to leverage time and opportunity when we have it. Instead of using our time wisely to advance our lives and pursue our vision and pursue the dream that God has given us, we play around. Then the unexpected happens. The lockdown happens. And when that happens, we are set back and we are delayed in our life. This is why the Bible is very clear about it in Proverbs 27 verse 1, when it shows us that when we have opportunity to do what is correct, we should not postpone. You can't put things off to tomorrow because none of us has any certainty about tomorrow. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 1 in the Message Bible says, don't brushly announce what you are going to do tomorrow. You don't know the first thing about tomorrow. So if you keep putting off your life to tomorrow and putting off what you should do today to tomorrow, it causes lots of problems because you have no certainty about tomorrow. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 2 says, those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. So in other words, the key to moving on in our vision in life is to do what is right 
in the right season. Right now we are in the season. We are under lockdown. We are at home. We are not going to work. We are not going to school. We are not going to church. We are not moving around. Now, we can use this time to do something that is proper. We can use this season in our lives to be productive. To give you a few examples, you can use this time right now to build a vibrant spiritual life. Some of us, you know, could be that when we are all hectic and when we are all running around, we don't pray as we should, we don't read God's word as we should, we, don't, we are not able to spend quality time in prayer in reading the word. You can do that right now. You can use this time to spend time in prayer. I'm, I tell you, I mean, I've been doing that, you know, do, uh, 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 on a daily basis, spending quality time in prayer longer than I usually do. You know, and I see in my family, you know, uh, uh, my, my bishop's doing the same thing, and we are, we are going in there as a family and just spending time. What a privilege it is, you know. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in the Word. You know, you have that time right now. You, you don't have anywhere else to go, of course. <laughs> you can spend that time. We can spend this time, secondly, to build stronger family relationship. Cabin fever and all. We can spend stronger time with families. We can bond more. We can talk more. We can relate more. We can tell one another stories. You know, sometimes when we are all busy and hectic, we live past one another. We don't even have enough time. You know, studies show that under normal circumstances, many people spend only less than five minutes at home in productive conversation. I mean, we just go past each other. Well, this is the time when you can tell the story, you can talk until you don't have anything to say to each other. We can spend this time to study. You can enroll on, you know, some online study and you can study. You can expand yourself in terms of your knowledge, your ability. You can take on a new language. You can also read all the books that you bought that you didn't read. You know, I look at uh, my, my study. I've got books there, some of them that I bought, and I just never got a chance to read. Thank God, now this is a chance. I was looking the other day. I have so many books on prayer. Thankfully, I've read most of them. But I'm going back to them and reading them again. You know, we have this time. We have this opportunity. Use it. You can use this time to learn to play a new instrument. Or, if you don't mind, you can use this time to be a handy man or a handy woman. You know, all those things that hang around in your home. You remember that door? That for you to open, you must kick it. You know, you must pull it in another way. Hit it with a fist or, or something like that. Now you can fix that. You know, I've, I've spent plenty of time at home. You know, I, I, sometimes I don't have a time or chance to, to do what I would love to do. And my goodness, I've been spending time fixing that and fixing that. In other words, instead of complaining and sleeping all day and moaning all day, we can once and for all use this ample time to do all those tasks. Why? It's opportunity. It's time that is at our hands. We can leverage that time and use it. See, remember, not too long from now, we're going to be back to normalcy. We're going to be back to the crazy pace of life. Not too long from now, we're going to be back to that hectic time where we will no longer have enough time anymore or even the energy to do certain things. So if you're wise, you will use this time to be able to move your life forward. So God wants to perfect things that concern you. And he wants you to cooperate with him. 
as God is breathing that vision in your heart, and as God is inspiring you to do certain things, cooperate with God. If we don't cooperate with God, we get to a time in our lives where we have a lot of unfinished project. The tragedy will not be that you didn't have the time. The tragedy will be that you had the time, but you didn't allocate it appropriately when you had the time. See, our failure to appropriate the time we have and use it wisely will result in our lives being out of sync, just like the engine of a car when it's out of timing. Let me explain this concept. There's a device in a car called a distributor. I, I think they're going to show you now. You can see that thing. You can see cables coming out of it and, and all of that. A distributor is a very interesting thing. It is, it, it is used to send the current uh, to the spark plugs because, you know, an engine, you have the, the engine block, and inside the engine block, there are pistons. These pistons are inside a chamber or a vacuum. Some call it a vacuum. And in this chamber, at the top of the chamber, you have the, the, the spark plugs. And I'm, I'm kind of oversimplifying it. You have the spark plugs right at the top of this chamber. These spark plugs are supposed to get current that is brought from the distributor. So the, 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 the role of the distributor is to make sure that these spark plugs are supplied with current. The reason being, inside this chamber, right at the top of the chamber, next to the spark plug, there's usually petrol that comes in, that's in the form of vapor, and air that comes in, and there's supposed to be a combustion that happens in this chamber. So for a car to move, if it's a car that has four cylinders or six cylinders. You note that the cylinders of the car are designed in such a way that they are in sync, all right? So you'll find there are certain pistons or cylinders, if you want, that move together at the same time. So what happens is that the, the cylinders, they go down in the engine and they go up. When they go up, there's supposed to be a combustion at the top of the chamber, like I said, from the spark plug. And when that combustion or that explosion happened, it pushes the cylinder down in the chamber. And when the cylinder goes down, some cylinders have to be going up at the same time. So you have that movement of cylinders going up and down through the different explosions as they alternate because of the, because of the, of the, of the alternator that we have. And all that explosion, as it happens, it makes the engine to be able to turn around. Now, it's kind of a complex thing. I'm just trying to simplify it. So the mechanism of having timing, it is the mechanism where they set fire to the spark plug just before the piston can reach the top of the dead center. That's what they call the TDC. It is the distributor that is fitted such that it can advance the, 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 the current or the fire, or the, the, the uh, bring back all that is needed by the spike plug to ignite them so that these explosions can happen and the engine can move. Now, what they found out is this. The timing of the explosion and the, and the piston coming up has to be timed appropriately so that the explosion happens just before the piston comes up so that it can be pushed back again. Now, if that is not properly done, then we say a car is out of timing. 
What happens? When a car is out of timing, what happens is it misfires. It makes a lot of noise, very loud noise. Now, I'm not talking about the vrpa. That's a, that's a different story, the vrpa, all right? But the car makes a lot of noise, and it, it, it's like it's, it's an explosion that is out of timing. And the problem is, if the explosion happens out of timing, you don't get the desired results, which is to make the engine move and the car to be able to be fast and to be able to move. So a car that's out of timing makes a lot of noise. It doesn't go vr pa. This one goes pa pa pa, vr vr vr. You know, it's, it's that kind of car. It makes a lot of noise, but it's not going anywhere. Now watch this. When our life is out of sync, because we meet God's timing, because we do the wrong things at the wrong time, we end up also misfiring. When we misfire is when we are always trying to catch up in life. When we're always trying to buy back lost time. We're always chasing our dream and we are never getting there. When we're in this place, we end up living lives of regrets. We end up saying, if only. We end up saying, maybe I could have. Maybe I should have. And all of these things become a problem in our lives. What we should rather be doing is to stay in God's timing and fire at the right time. What does that mean? We need to use every moment that God gives us at our disposal and maximize that moment so that we can have maximum impact. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 9, verse 4. Jesus says, I must work the works of him who sent me whilst it is still day. The night is coming when no man can work. Jesus is recognizing the fact that our lives can time out. We can be out of timing. He said, whilst it is still day, whilst I'm in timing, I've got to do certain things. I must work the works of God. What is it that you can do at this time? Why don't you put yourself in that process of self-development, self-reflection, cultivating good habits, building strong family relationship so that you can be able to do that. Remember, though we are in the midst of trouble and challenge, though we are surrounded by many challenges, God says, I want to perfect that which concerns you. In other words, God is saying, I will not abandon my dream for your life, my plan for your life. Maybe things have been interrupted. Maybe things have been moved back, but I haven't given up on you. But God is saying, cooperate with me, therefore. Make sure you respond at the right time and you do what is right. God is saying, don't allow ill discipline to choke what I want to do in your life. Don't allow God's dream for your life to be hindered. You know, there are things that are dream killers. There are things that will totally take away God's dream in your life. What are those things? I want to show you those things. Because if you can know these things, you will be able to maximize God's opportunity in your life. See, for us to be able to respond to this question productively, I first of all want to talk to you about the realities of the time that God has given us. Watch this. All of us, God has given us this thing called time or the days of our life. Each of us, each day of our life, we all have external influences that we cannot control that influence our day. All of us. 
all of us. So, you know, so if you blame the fact that it rained on you, that's why you didn't do such and such. Remember, there are people that it rained on them, but they were able to do such and such. So all of us, we have external things that come to influence our day, and there's nothing that we can do about it. Secondly, all of us, we have unpredictable circumstances that come our way. That is why Proverbs 27, verse 1 says, don't boast about tomorrow. So all of us, we have the same challenges of unpredictable circumstances. There are no people who have any better advantage than you. There are no people that maybe would me and our rather more than you. No, 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 no. All of us, our lives get interrupted. Number three, all of us, we have the same amount of time. We have 365 and a quarter days. We have 52 weeks in a year. We have seven days in a week. We have 24 hours in a day. We have 60 seconds in a minute. All of us have the same amount of time. And if that is true, it means if my life doesn't move forward, really I can't blame it on God and I can't blame it on circumstances. I should blame number one, which is me. Because, see, when we waste our life, it's not something that just happened. It's something that was allowed to happen. Therefore, we need to learn to cultivate good habits of managing our time in a responsible way. See, God is committed to you. God says, I'm going to perfect what concerns you. But even if God has the best dream and the most powerful and the most anointed dream for you, if you don't know how to cultivate good habits that maximize your time, all of God's plans for your life will be null and void. Let me show you some few things that I want to suggest that we can do. There's about 14 of them or so that we can do. Things that we can do to make sure that we do the right thing. But before that, there are things that are time wasters in our lives. Let me tell you about five of them. Number one, being out of God's will. You see, when we are out of God's will, it will waste our time. When you read Hebrews chapter 3, you note how the children of Israel were in total disobedience in their lives. The worst thing about being disobedient to God is that disobedience will put you in a cycle where you are moving in cycles in your life and never going anywhere. You know, disobedience doesn't hurt God in any way. It hurts you, it hurts me, because it makes our life go in cycles. Number two, unresolved issues. I'll talk about this even later on. When we have things that we don't resolve in our lives, when we always have hanging issues, you know, or things that we never heal from, or we just never forgive, or we just never dismiss those things. Remember, bad things happen to all of us. But you know, we can't be lingering around things that happened to us way back in 1902, and we still talk about it today like it happened yesterday. The third thing that will really make you waste your time is when you hang around wrong company, wrong people, and you make bad choices in your life. When you read Deuteronomy 30, God said we need to choose and make a choice. He said we must choose life. Choose life. Choose life. Make the right choices. If we make the wrong choices, if we hang around the wrong people, it will totally take away your time. Number four, postponing. You know, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. You know, we postpone and postpone. I'm sure right now there are people who are regretting. You know, uh, here we are, we were postponing about this. All of a sudden, the lockdown is on us. Now we can't do those things anymore because of postponing. And number five, a lack of vision. When we don't have vision in our lives, it will totally waste our time. 
How then do we fully leverage this gift of time or this gift of opportunity that God has given us? I want to give you like 14 things that we need to be aware of. The first thing is this. Recognize that today is a gift from God. That you are up today, that you are watching this broadcast, that you are healthy, that you are strong. Today is a gift from God. Remember there are people who didn't wake up this morning. Doesn't matter where you are, you may not be all at peace. The fact that there's lockdown, there's cabin fever, but remember today is a gift from God. Psalms 118.24 says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Make that a declaration. Today is a day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. You declare today as a day that God has made. Number two, don't waste your time on the unimportant things of life. Don't waste your time. Like we said, Ephesians 4.26 says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't let the sun go down on you when you are still holding on to things. Jesus said in Matthew 6.34, he said, sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. What it simply means is that every day has got enough problems of its own. Therefore, don't crowd your brand new day with yesterday's issues. Don't allow yourself to live your current life with the pain of what happened yesteryear. If you do that, you are destroying a brand new day, which is a gift that God has given to you. God has given you an amazing gift called today. Use that amazing gift in a manner that will bring honor and glory to the name of our God. Number three, learn to increase the value of your days by being in the will of God. See, when you are in God's will, when you do that which is, has to do with God's will in your life, you'll find that your life gets better and better. David says in Psalms chapter 84, verse 9 and 10, he says, for a day in your courts, O God, is better than a thousand days. What he's saying is that one day in God's will is better than a thousand days outside of God's will. More can happen to you and to me when we are living in God's will. There's far more that can happen in one day when we serve God, in one day when we commit to prayer, in one day when we read the word, in one day when we live according to God's will. See, being in God's will one day will prevent your life from misfiring. You're not going to get to a point where your life begins to misfire because you are, you are, you are making sure you serve God. Number four, put God first in your life. Let God be number one. Matthew 6.33 said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It says, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek what God wants. Do what God wants. Seek God first. Seek to please God first. Seek to live in accordance with God's word first. If you live according to God's word, I'm telling you, God will make sure that your, the days of your life are maximized. Number five, lean hard on the grace of God. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10, Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And he says, and his grace that he has bestowed on my life was not in vain, for I labored more 
abundantly. He said, yet not I, but the grace of God that's in me. What do I mean by that? See, there are certain gifts and talents that you have in your life that have come upon you by the grace of God. Some of you, there are things that you can do you didn't study for. It's just a gift and an ability that you have. Lean hard on the grace of God. Leverage that grace that God has given you. Some of you right now, you may be the best people who are able to strengthen people and to, 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 to exhort people not to give up. You can just give somebody a phone call and you just have the ability that when you speak, it calms people's fear. Leverage that gift. Number six, be quick to repent and obey God. When God shows you something that doesn't please him in your life, let go of it. Number seven, embrace God's seasons. Embrace every season that comes. There's no need for us to walk in denial now that we're under lockdown. We're under lockdown. That's the season. Let's embrace the season of lockdown. But let's see how we can use this season of lockdown to do what is right. Number eight, choose the hard and difficult thing instead of the nice and easy thing. You know, sometimes to be able to move on in life, you have to make certain decisions that are not popular. You have to embrace things that others don't embrace. You have to discipline yourself in the way others don't discipline themselves. Sometimes you end up being the only one who's trying to do that. It's a hard and a difficult road, but embrace that hard and difficult road because in doing so, you're going to move forward in your life. Number nine, have a way of embracing new ideas. As the Holy Spirit speaks to you and gives you new ideas, find a way to embrace those new ideas because it's new ideas that move us forward. Number 10, be about your father's business. In other words, devote your time and devote yourself in advancing God's mission and pursuing God's purpose in your life. Number 11, get organized. You know, a disorganized life is a worst life because when your life is disorganized, you know, life, time just runs away from you. You and me as those who are made in the image of God, we should be organized. Don't settle for chaos and confusion in your life and a disorganized life. Number 12, when you do that, you will be redeeming your time. You will be buying back your time. Manage your time well. Keep in mind that Time is your most valuable resource. And number, number 13, learn to say no. You know, there are certain things that are not necessary. You don't need them in your life. Even if people can brandish them, you don't need them in your life. Just learn to say no. And number 14, have a vision for your life. See, God will perfect that which concerns you. Have a vision in your life. God will complete what he has begun in your life according to Philippians 1.6. God will not only start something and not end, finish it well. He will begin on behalf of your life and not abandon you. God will not just make a promise and abandon you, but God is waiting for you to hook up with him. I want to give an opportunity right now to hook up with God, to bring your life before God and say, God, here is my life, my life that needs you, my life that needs to be changed by you. Maybe you've walked far from God. Maybe you've turned your back on God. Maybe you are living in a way that is not pleasing to God. I want to ask you this morning, you can join me in this prayer. 
and pray this prayer with me right now, that Jesus should come into your heart and be the savior of your life. You can also contact us on the number that you see on the screen. Our counseling line is, is open right now. You can call it 011-983-5700. You need salvation, you need prayer, we can pray with you. But let me ask you to join me in prayer as we pray right now. Let us pray, follow me in this prayer, let us pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I give my life to you that you should come into my heart and be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for coming into my life and making me a new person. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to also pray with you for your individual needs right where you are. Some of you, you may not be well in your body. Things may not be going so well at all. I just want to pray with you right now and pray for us during this lockdown time. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these, your children, for your blessing upon their lives, your hand to be upon their lives. Anoint them, strengthen them, heal those who are sick in their bodies, help those who may be feeling stress and challenge. Let your hand rest upon their lives. I pray for them, God, that they will allow you to perfect that which concerneth them in their lives. Let them live in a way that will honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.